0: This is Brian Bailey, Chief Marketing and Experience Officer with Metro Inclusive Health. You're listening to Inclusivity and Beyond, subjects that impact the health and wellness of our community.
1: to everyone out there. We want to welcome you to Inclusivity and Beyond, which is Metro Inclusive Health Podcasts. Tonight, we are having our spin-off series, which is My Baby, something that I birth. It's the Movement of Color. Tonight, during the Movement of Color series, which is a cultural sexuality series, we will be discussing natural hair and stigma surrounding natural hair in the African-American community, as well as mental health. So, Getting started tonight, I have a great panelist here, and usually we like to have the moderator actually um, introduce everybody, but I want to do something a little different because everyone that's on the panel tonight is super special to me. So I'm going to actually pass the mic to one particular individual, allow them to introduce themselves, and then they can pass the mic to the next person. So right now, I'm going to pass the mic to Janae.
2: Hi, everyone out in the Facebook and YouTube world. I'm Janae Hampton. Um, I, well, yeah, I'm a program analyst support at Metro. And I love my hair. I'll pass the mic on to uh, Evan.
3: Hey, everybody. My name is Evan Clark. I am a prep navigator at Metro Inclusive Health. And I, too, love my hair. I have a little uh, quarantine fro. Haven't really gotten to the barber since all this started. So um, yeah, I think I'm going to keep going with it, though. So um that said, I'll pass it to Kyla.
4: I can't hear anyone.
3: We
1: can hear you. Hi,
4: y'all, my name is Kyla. <laughs> I'm the Trans Services Navigator. My apologies. I don't like to hear Janae, but I am excited to be here and I am finally relaxed. You see, I'm straight, so.
1: Thank you so much guys for sharing a little bit with our viewers um, with your name and who you are and your affiliations with the actual organization. So tonight, as we said, during our opening statement, we said that we're gonna be talking about stigma surrounding natural hair, of course, and we're gonna segue a little bit into mental health in the African-American community. So a little bit for those out there that don't actually know or or, uh, haven't tapped into the history of black hair or African-American hair, before slavery and, you know, the whole um, voyage over from our motherland, hair, it was something that they used as a, as a um, tribal rituals for kings and for queens. Hair was something that they took multiple days, actually, uh, grooming, where they would use mud, uh, different oils, and things like that to make huge, extravagant hair designs, and those actually signified your Rank in the village, your rank as far as royalty goes. So, hair has always been something that's been super important in our culture with our people as a whole. So, of course, nowadays it's so much going on as far as hair when it comes to hair care, when it comes to different hair designs. So, we are actually going to be tackling some of the discrimination bans that we're actually seeing against natural hair. So before we get started with our questions and our vibe for tonight, we're actually going to show everyone a brief video about a hot topic that's going on in our community right now. So we're going to go ahead and gear that up for you.
0: I fired up over the dress code. Yes, the dress code, some say is outdated and racially insensitive, especially when it pertains to one student who wears dreadlocks. Marcel Benito in Mount Bellevue with both sides tonight. Guys, Barbers Hill ISD hasn't had a school board meeting in its history with more than two speakers. Tonight, people spoke up against a hair policy that many say is racially charged. I get it. You don't understand why, because says ain't none of y'all black. On Martin Luther King Jr. Day, district that touts its excellence found itself embroiled in controversy about race, discrimination, and dreadlocks.
1: This is a black and white issue. The dress code is designed by white people for white people. That is damaging to black bodies.
0: Activists stood beside DeAndre Arnold's family as they addressed the Barbers Hill I.S.D. school board. DeAndre has been suspended and won't be able to walk at his graduation
3: in three months unless he cuts his dreadlocks. DeAndre should not have to be, should not have to go through this. His family should not have to go through this. But I expect it from a school board that has zero diversity. The district says this
0: isn't about dreadlocks or race. There's no dress, policy, uh, dress
5: code policy that prohibits uh, any cornrow or any other method of wearing wearing of the uh, policy limits. Uh, the length. Uh, It's been that way
0: for 30 years. A handful of speakers agreed with the district and pleaded with them not to make an exception with the rules. But the majority didn't buy the district's explanation.
2: We're here about DeAndre, but it's bigger than DeAndre. It's about all the other deandre's that possibly can come through Barbara's hill
0: deandre's family is hoping his hair doesn't derail a good student's future and they vow to fight this until the end
2: they have
3: fought eight hours to come up with a resolution if not we're going to take this to federal court deandre's family tells us they
0: plan to explore a host of different legal options but at this point if nothing changes deandre will not be able to walk at his graduation in less than three months we're in Mont Bellevue tonight i'm marcelino benito khou 11 news
1: So we see what's going on in Mount Bellevue. Um, I have a couple of things I want to say, but before I actually jump in, I want to start with Janae. I want to present this question to everybody that's here on the panel this evening. And I want Janae to actually start because she is a mother who has some children that are in the public school system. What are your actual views on this dress code policy and I don't think it's just there in Mount Bellevue but there's so many other cities and states that actually have these type of dress code policies into place what are your views on their uh on their bands of natural hair
2: um so um I definitely agree with um all of the people who showed up in that video to talk to the school district because um being a mother of black girls we I let them wear their natural hair I glorify their natural hair and so Not that the school district has ever said anything, but there's no diversity on those school boards. So since there's no diversity on those school boards, of course, they're gonna set standards that they're not used to. They're setting the standards to the European standard of beauty, which is straight, you know, uh, Caucasian hair. My daughter has come home from school and told me, my six year old, she told me, mom, I was told that my brown skin isn't beautiful and my hair isn't okay because it's curly i mean i think that we should praise our children for being different because they're not always going to see someone that looks like them but that goes back to show if there's no diversity in the school on the school board in the teachers at the school they're not going to understand what black natural hair is so having to have that conversation with my children of course is upsetting for me because i love her hair. I love her skin color, but I think it all stems down to who we're hiring and who and what we're doing as parents to teach our children.
1: I think that there's the, that's a good point that you brought up, Janae, It starts at home, though. A lot of times, even when it comes to uh, Black history being taught, even when um, I was growing up and things like that, a lot of the things that were that was uh, taught or Tariqo was brought into knowledge of it started at home because in those particular yes. environments. They weren't actually taught. So I think you've been doing the perfect thing with your kids. It's actually like um, building them up, letting them know from home, hey, this is still beautiful. This is something to be proud of. So that was a great point. So I'll throw it over to Evan
3: or Kyle, whoever wants to jump in next. Um, I'll go ahead and jump in. Um, so with that uh, particular situation, and y'all can't hear me well, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, so, with that particular situation, the the thing that I found, what I find that I find the most frustrating is the uh, the language. So, you know, people can speak of um, the legislation being like a ban, but it's not necessarily a ban. It's just it's it's like soft rape racist language that they put in the legislation, like um, like uh, like things being a fad. Uh, it's, it's really up going to be up to the administrators to dis- to determine what is the plan. It's saying things like uh, things that uh, it has to be conventional, they want to have a, a conventional look. Conventional to who? So uh, again, that just kind of really goes to the person who's really looking at the situation. Then it it kind of leaves it open for them to uh, kind of make the determination. And when you have uh, teachers, from the from the teachers to the uh, principal, to, you know, the school board, when all of those individuals look like, when they look white, frankly, uh, what people believe to be white nowadays, when they all look like that, then that unfortunately comes with a, uh, a mindset, whether it be intentional or unintentional, that would ultimately keep African Americans or any minorities, frankly, in in subjugation. So, um, yeah, it just really it, the the language again is kind of what frustrates me the most because it gives them kind of a way to be uh, to be oppressors without being overtly, uh, without doing so overtly. That's good, Evan.
4: Um, for me, you all, I I, I am. My heart breaks when watching that because as a child, the last thing that I want to have to think about is if my hair is 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 good enough or or appropriate i mean this this kid obviously have had this hair these dreadlocks for some time his hair is locked it's been that way for a while it's become a part of who he is and to 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 hear that you have to cut your hair in order to graduate um aside from getting the grades i was supposed to get aside from just kind of blending in and making do with with the the, the you know the environment that I was in is not enough. I now have to cut my hair. The last thing that makes me who I am in order to graduate from a school that I've already, you know, met the requirements. That is what's heartbreaking to me. And I feel like yeah, sometimes it can start at home. But for someone who is is trans like myself, of course as as a born male, my mom, we didn't have any talks about hair. Um, because it just wasn't something that we talked about. You got a haircut, that was it. But for me, I wore braids and I actually did have, I was going to start dreads dress when I was in the 12th grade, um, but I decided to relax my hair instead. That came with a bunch of things, not with not at school, but it came with a bunch of feedback from my mom, like, oh, boys don't have this type of hair. So, what this young guy is going through at school, I kind of went through at home. I could not be myself at home. I could not have long hair at home and all of a sudden i just had to kind of stand up and say my mom would say things like well boys don't have uh long hair i say "Mom, boys don't even have hair anyway and i would kind of chop it off as that or, or leave it at that but um it just hurts my feelings to see that people really have to go through this on different scales in their lives and it's really not something that we should have to go through
1: So being someone, um, I know Kyla, Evan, Janae, you have children. We either like mentor youth or we've worked around youth. You have children. What do you think that this, what message this sends to our youth and young adults?
4: That they're not good enough.
3: Mm. Yeah, just simply by existing, they're a threat. I mean, it it just lets them know that um, just showing up as who they are in this world is a threat and and it should be changed if you think that you're gonna have any chance at uh, becoming something in this world. So it's it's very unfortunate.
1: I think just the feeling of you have to conform or you can't be yourself. You're not just living. Yeah, I
2: completely agree with Kevin, uh, with Evan and Kyla saying that all it does is doing, it's, it's separating your children. It creates the separation between who they are, born into this world and, who they are trying to become, the success they're going to be able to, to have in this world is 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 hindered and lessened because of their hair, and that doesn't make any sense to me.
1: For everyone that's tuned in, maybe a little late, and you may have missed our introductions. All of us are very familiar with each other. We're all colleagues. Um, we all, I think, we all love each other. <laughs> and of speaking of uh, workspaces. We happen to work in one of the workspaces that's very affirming, that's very inclusive. Um, You're allowed to wear natural hair. You're uh, allowed to color your hair, dye your hair, and things like that. But when you think of certain workspaces, natural hair is not um, allowed in certain workspaces. Do you think that that limits people of color from climbing the, um, the corporate ladder? because they may have like dreadlocks or they've been growing a froze or um, they never want to process their hair or relax or take a perm. Do you think that that actually limits people from actually climbing the corporate ladder in certain spaces?
4: I'm not sure if it limits them professionally or, or with the powers that be, but I think it definitely limits you mentally.
1: Okay, so Jeanette. Yes. What, what actually happened, um, we were speaking on... Uh, our workspace being very inclusive. You know, you can wear locks and natural hair, colored hair and things like that. So we were, I was presenting you all with the question, do you think that in certain workspaces that people of color are hindered from actually climbing the um, corporate ladder because of hair discrimination?
2: I think in, uh, you know, traditional business settings, yes, Metro, definitely not we're appraised for our diverse hairstyles and, and looks and, and all that, all, we're all inclusive. But I do think in your traditional setting, it is because I know for myself, when I go for a job interview for a new place or I've had previous jobs where I straighten my hair because I need my hair to look a certain way, laid and and longer than than usual and just as, as crisp as can be because it's put into your head at a very young yeah. age If your hair does not look a certain way, you won't be taken serious. You won't be heard, you won't have a voice. And so for me, a person who's like, I'm doing my hair how I want to, you know, traditional settings are a little bit hard for me, but I do say that in 2020, it's a lot better. It has gotten a lot better, but we have so much further to go as far as natural hair care standards in the workplace. But I
4: think of it, Janae, even with with it being getting better, if we're already programmed mentally to think that we have to conform and have to wear our hair a certain way, then there's way much more work to be done, not at the workspace, but within ourselves or within our race.
1: Dr. Taylor has a great comment. That's one of my promoters. He says, I think it can limit you, especially in organizations that lack individuals in positions of power to hire who lack cultural competence. He said, but it should be about skills and ability. Most definitely, when we go into those settings and we're going um, to apply for positions in those traditional settings or non-traditional settings, it should be about skill set and ability to complete the job in the end.
2: When your leadership doesn't when your leadership isn't aware or uh, diverse enough to understand the black culture and the history behind black hair then those standards aren't set your leadership has to take the first step into setting those standards because as a black woman I shouldn't have to explain why my hair is the way it is when I'm coming to work when I'm completing my assignments my skill set, is above and beyond what you're asking me to do to complete this job. My hair shouldn't come into come into the conversation at all for me.
1: Mm-hmm. That's good, Janae. I like that. Evan, did you have something you want to add before I move to the next question?
3: Um I think we, we pretty much touched on we pretty much touched on everything, but um just to I guess add a little bit uh, so it's not like I'm just sitting here. Uh, I mean, it's really, true what the it's really true what the commenter did say in regard to um, the, uh, I guess, the hirers, if you will, have to um, pretty much reflect us to be able to understand us, therefore hire us. And it mm-hmm. is the same thing with the um, the individuals who make the rules in, in the schools. If they don't have the, uh, the cultural understanding of us, they're going to uh, eventually create language to um, put us in a position to where we can't. To thrive and succeed. So, um, but outside of that, I did actually look into this a little bit. The, um, when it comes to Fortune 500 companies, um, it's only like one percent of those individuals that are black. African Americans make up roughly twelve to thirteen percent of the population. So, of course, when um, that doesn't reflect the the country, obviously, the people who are going to hire who they um, who they most relate to, and that's of course not not always, of course, but that's not going to be us. So that's, that's why we kind of end up in these positions. So, yeah, just once we kind of broaden the, um, the diversity of the people who hire and get, uh, others, in you know, that position, we won't actually move forward. Awesome. Awesome. So a lot of times we hear people say,
1: oh, my gosh, can I touch your hair? Oh, it's so pretty. Let me touch it. So how does that make us feel? And does it matter if it's coming from someone of color?
2: I've never been asked by a person of color to touch my hair. I've never been asked, oh, girl, let me touch your hair. Can I touch your hair? That's never a question another black woman or man has ever asked me, unless it's in an intimate setting. And that doesn't happen in the workplace. So the fact that not people, people who aren't black or any person of color, I, today I walked in, I got a new hairstyle. This is brand new. I had no one in the office had seen me. One of, you know, she cute, Um, but But I walked in and one of my white coworkers didn't ask. She just put her hands on my hair and I'm sitting in front of another black woman in the health center. And she looked at me, her eyes stretched. Like, did she just touch your hair without, she did. But so people of color don't ask that. They don't ask those questions. Can I touch your hair? They understand. We have different looks. We are capable of going and getting any hairstyle we want. So I personally have never been asked that by a black person or anyone of color. But the fact that you you have, you feel like you're entitled to put your hands on my body, whether it's my hair, my clothes, anything, you're not entitled to touch me. And I think that's mm. the misunderstanding that they think. Cause I don't walk up to you and be like, oh girl, let me touch this flat, plain, Uh,
1: no body, no volume hair. I don't do that to you. Okay. Okay, Janae. Well, I can see what this question was right on point then. (laughs) This question was on point and I thank you for your passion, Janae, because the realness and the authenticity is what I really wanna see and really hear because oftentimes, even with my mother and my little sister, we've been out and people are like, oh my gosh, it's so cute. Can I touch it? And I never, I've heard it, but being someone who's never had locks or um, a fro or natural hair or braids, I've never had to feel it myself. So I want to know from you all, because I know Kyla's worn different styles before and like Evan as well. So I'm really, uh, Janae. I really just love your response. I'm like, I'm I'm, I'm I'm shocked. I'm, I'm, yeah, like, and, uh, yeah, I tell and
4: my
2: kids don't want- too, don't let you, don't let nobody put their hands in your hair. How I do your hair or how you go to school, don't let them kids put their hands in your hair. That's 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 your personal space. That's my personal space. Don't invade it.
4: Like well, it's well, a fasc- the, fascination. The first
2: part is we're not pets. They're fascinated no, so- because it has, you know, some diversity. It looks good. It's different.
4: <laughs> Calm down, Janae. <Jeanette. laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do think that um we we, we aren't pets. Um, I've never been asked, like, you know, to touch my hair, touch my hair. I I get a lot of uh, compliments, like, like, oh my God, you look so nice with that color. Oh my God, that color. And and are natural hair colors, they're not like a red or a blue or an orange. Um, I just get a lot of compliments, and and that that too can be like um, a microaggression for me because it's just like, okay, girl, like, y- y'all saw this wig already. I saw this week two weeks this wig week, two weeks ago. Like, cut it out. But I don't know, I, I I hear you, Janae, but I've never been in a position where it's like, I, I felt someone like, you know, really trying to touch me in, in that way. I've never had that happen, <laughs> especially not by a black person.
3: Yeah, and I agree. I um I haven't had anybody really touch my head that I didn't pay to do it or who I didn't allow into that space. Um, yeah, you know, I used to have, uh, well, y'all know, I used to have dreadlocks until about two years ago. I had a, a bigger Afro when I was younger, used to rock the, the straight backs too. So I've had um, different styles, i say. say, um, but, but not a lot of Black people um, that, that would touch my hair again that I wouldn't allow. I have had uh, other people um, just come into my space and do the same thing not something that I like, uh, straight to what Kyla said, I, I'm not pet. And and I know that um, to play devil's advocate, I know that people aren't maliciously just like, oh, coming in your head, being like, but I, 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 I feel like African Americans have said a lot of stuff that hasn't been heard throughout the decades and centuries, but I, I just like to believe that People understand that you just don't walk up to somebody and put your hands in their hair, like. But people don't understand that, which is uh, which is unfortunate. But um, I, uh, again, it hasn't happened in re- with regard to a black person doing it. But I, can I be frank? I don't think I would care if they did do it because it's a whole, it's, it's an entirely different situation. There's no, there's no racial history by, attached to it. I, I, I'm certain that I wouldn't feel any type of way if they wanted to. To touch my hair, uh, African Americans,
1: um, but it will certainly bother you if there was someone of another race who
3: came up and say, "Oh, let me feel it. How does it feel?" <laughs> right. That- if you if you petting my afro, there's nothing that needs to be said. You actually are trying to you trying me. You trying me petting my afro because that, that that's like you're petting you're petting me like a dog at that point i actually and just also, got really wild, wild up when you said that that's how i know i would <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and put this out to the whole internet
4: no pad, no pad. My pro. <laughs> no pad <pro. laughs> Unless I say. The but also too just like for like a hairstyle like janae has that that took hours and hours and hours to do and for someone to just come first of all the hairstyles can be tight you don't know how they feel on my head. It could be a little bit heavy. So don't touch my hair. Like don't do that because it, a lot of work went into doing this hairstyle. And I just got it to where it's straight enough for me. So please
1: don't touch it.
4: <laughs> please don't. So do you don't
1: think touch maybe it. they're coming from a place of being fascinated with our design, Definitely. our 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 uh, texture of hair? So it's more of a they're fascinated with it and they don't necessarily like realize okay you're breaking boundaries okay you're in my personal space it's like oh my god let me just reach out it looks so good you know so instead of like oh this is um colored hair <laughs> you know like how does it feel it's more of a like oh it's so pretty or it's so like long or it's so like locked. like let me touch it
3: i'm flattered don't touch my hair
2: Right, you don't touch my shirt. When I wear a new shirt or have a new Mm. dress on, and people like, "Oh, girl, your outfit's cute." You don't walk and be like, "Oh, that's nice." My hair is the same. It's on my body. It's part of me. So don't touch it. Like I also think that nowadays it's not, you know, so much as a. part of our our black history but it has been the ownership of black people they felt entitled to do whatever they wanted to our bodies touch our hair cut our hair off now that's not what people are doing they're just fascinated with the diverse styles but the same thing it is on my body you don't touch my clothes you don't touch my shoes so why are you touching my hair
1: so my next question do you feel that within our culture as a people, we ourselves judge or review natural hair differently than extensions or tapers. So, if someone who may have a fro or someone who's who has dreads, we view that within ourselves. We talk about like other cultures, but within our own community, do you feel that we um, we judge people with natural hair, or um, there's a another bias that's going on between us as a people?
4: I'll go first. I think so. I think, well, I'll speak to, for, my, for myself. I'm almost like afraid of wearing my, my natural hair. Like um, I don't, my, my hair is actually a good grade of hair when it's not relaxed, but I've never been so amped up to wear my natural hair because it's not what I have learned that women do for, for centuries or for, as long as I can remember my, my mom wore relaxed hair my mom wore a jerry curl and then she switched over to her relaxed hair so that's what i knew a woman to be a black woman to be but like i think if we were to just kind of take a step back and allow us to wear our own hair and take pride in our own texture of our own hair it would be a lot better for us like mentally because we don't have to worry about so many things when it comes to getting dressed in the morning like i'll see janae coming in the morning wearing her natural hair and Janae have made, made comments like, girl, you don't, don't wear that uh, creamy crack, meaning relaxers. But I can't stop relaxing my hair because if I don't, I don't feel as polished. So when I see someone else wearing their, their natural hair, I'm like, oh, I wish I could wear my natural hair like that. But I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel as, as beautiful, honestly, if I don't relax my hair. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, prime example, one of our coworkers um has really nice natural hair right now. And it's so pretty. Tiffany hair is so pretty, but I don't I can't see myself being confident enough to wear it.
3: And um, yeah, I think that's real unfortunate that um, Kyla, that you that you feel that you can't wear your natural hair. It just goes to show you that our history is so deep rooted in like a European um kind of a sense of beauty that mm-hmm you in 2020 are still thinking that way, just just alone by yourself. So I, I just think that's real unfortunate. Um, and, I, and I hope that you, you know, of course, can get to a better space with that. But to get to your question, um, Tariqo, <laughs> I, um, I, overall, I don't think that uh, as a whole, African-Americans have a um, really a, a way, one way or another about how we wear our hair. We understand, I think we understand collectively that, our hair can do a lot of things, and we do a lot of things with our hair. And I love I personally personally love it and don't see anything wrong with it. But I, I will say and acknowledge that I think that there are different um different factions within the African-American community that uh kind of does see things wrong with um with natural hair, like certain um, I guess, sex of black men who don't come around with don't come around them with uh, with anything that looks natural. They want that long. Hold still- I didn't want to say that word. Hold say hold it's steps. okay. I'll say it. Hotep.
2: Yeah.
3: I'm not going. I'm not going to really go with it. But yeah, this is my statement. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> but there there is that that sect of individuals who absolutely will not go with uh, uh, um even entertain the thoughts of being with a woman who has natural hair. And, and again, it goes to a, a lot of different issues. I'm certain that within that um, you know, collection of guys, they have all their different various reasons why they don't like natural hair. And um, on the opposite side of that, there are um, individuals, not tips from my mouth, but those same men might only want to have a woman with natural hair. Um, Please grow it out. Let it be bushy. They want to run their hair, their hands through it. Um, so I, I think that they're again kind of within the African American community. You have those individuals who wanna, who only want to see a certain thing. Who will pretty much like just denigrate black women for doing what they want to with their hair because they do have you know the agency to do what they want with their hair, but they just kind of are in there for whatever the reason. Just don't don't like it one way or the other. So. So yeah, basically.
1: I think that you touched on something, Evan. Then I'll let you go, Janae. Not even in the heterosexual world, but something I've noticed a a uh, a growing trend or fad in the um, gay lifestyle. A lot of my friends now, whereas you would think they would want a more clean cut man, someone who has a taper fade or a low cut, they really want. Okay, well, he has to have dreads. He don't have dreads. I'm not trying to talk to him can be super gorgeous, super sculpted, you know, like professional, great job, great car, uh, 401k, you know, all that stuff. They're like, I want some woman dreads. He ain't got no dreads, no little twists. I don't want to talk to him. So I can definitely um, relate to you Evan, when you're saying that, you know, there are those people who like, okay, well, I prefer my woman to have this hair that's going to be a little more coarse and it's going to be natural. Or this guy who may say, hey, I want my woman to have this blowout and it's gonna be um smooth and I can run their fingers through it. But I have seen with a lot of my friends who are dating in the gay lifestyle, they are going towards men with locks or twists or uh dress because that's growing to be like the sexy thing now. Like, are you still getting your hair cut? I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I still want to get my hair cut, you know, but yeah. So that's a good point, Evan. Janae. <laughs>
2: I like your haircuts, Tirico. Um, you. But I also think that um, it's a, in the black community, I know I've experienced, I think it's a generational thing. And I think as we have grown decade upon decade, it becomes uh, easier and more acceptable to wear your natural hair. Y'all know I show up with my fro, my twists, my braid outs, all of that. But I've been told, I'm, my grandfather is 81 years old. My grandfather was born in 1938. So he, Uh, sorry, 39. He always says, if I we cut our hair, why did you cut your hair? Why did you cut your hair off? You shouldn't have cut your hair off. I'm like, granddaddy, what my hair's gonna grow back. What's wrong with me rocking a shortcut or rocking a pixie or rocking an asymmetrical bob if I want? It's my hair and it's gonna grow back. But to him, the standards of beauty for black women, he's used to, you know, the longer hair even whether it's natural or not, he just is used to that. So I think it's also a generational thing we have in our own community that we are starting. I feel like the beginnings of that are happening where it's okay for women to do whatever they want with their hair, including the natural hairstyles, the the wash and goes, the froze, it's more acceptable now more than it has ever been. And I think that as we continue to put that out there in the forefront, I'm not gonna stop wearing my natural hair. It will become more acceptable in our community because how many of us were addicted to that creamy crack for so many years, wearing perms, it had to be so straight and beat? Your girl was, <laughs> I was- Straight but I up. Been natural about Eight years and I love it, but it's just now where I feel more comfortable in myself and who I am and wearing my natural crown. You know what I mean?
1: I think, too, Janae, it goes back to what we first said um, when we started tonight. A lot of it starts at home. And sometimes when you've been around an um, affirming situation when it comes to natural hair or you've been in a uh, a climate to where it's acceptable or it's deemed beautiful, then um, that has a lot to play into the situation, too. You know, so the more you grow up and you experience things and you're around people or you're dating people, perhaps, that are... Uh, open to having their woman or their uh, husband have natural hair, grow his fro out, or she's growing her hair out natural. Then you begin to kind of like metamorphosis come out that shell of, okay, well I have to get this texturized and get this relaxed. And warm. So switching gears a little bit. So what do, why do you guys feel that in our um, community, the long hair mm-hmm. don't care movement, hair extensions, weaves, it's like a billion dollar industry. Why do you feel that it's boomed so much in the recent
4: years, because of what we've been taught, what beauty is. I mean, it, it's the it's the whole thing. The whole thing just goes back to to what what you're conditioned. Like, um, uh, for for Janae may be different because she had um, family members that were that instilled that in her. Like, if you go to like a lot of our our communities that like okay, we'll say the projects, for instance. Um, if you go to some of our hoods, I, I I'm sure those a lot of the women there would most rather put money into their hair than to anything else. Like that, they, their hair comes first because that is what makes people feel, or that's what makes some people feel like they're uh, that they're at their best. The first thing people just go 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 get their hair done. You start school, I got to go go get my hair done. I mean, go to work, I got to get my hair done. Easter weekend. All this all those things relate to getting your hair done and you feeling your absolute best. Um, and that is what um that, that is what happens. I mean people just kinda have in their mind that if I don't have my hair done, then I'm not beautiful. And I think that's why we, we go to the hair stores, we invest so much in our hairs and it's ridiculous now. We have like lace fronts and you have all these different things and it can get up to like four or five hundred dollars just for a wig. Mm-mm. No, it can. It, it can the, the price can go so high when you want to get your hair done or follow along with with how you see um, on TV or or with the Joneses, and it it is so much money. Exactly. Um, for
2: myself, for myself, uh, I just assimilated to the weave about five years ago. Um, I always grew up in a household where it was, you grow out your hair, you perm your hair, and that's how you present yourself to the world. That's what's acceptable. Don't cut it. Those are the, that, those are the standards of beauty in my household, which stem from the European standard of beauty. I, I know my family has set those standards for themselves, but there's nothing wrong with the weave. I'm not gonna pay $400, $500 for no weave at all period that's just me and there's nothing wrong with doing that i have bills i have kids but there's nothing wrong with that i think we've accepted the fact that we can be different we can look different and so for me weave is easy i can braid my hair now and put something in and keep my hair in a protective style for a month or so and not have to wake up every morning and have to do anything to my hair braids are more acceptable but i think it's assimilating to that European standard of beauty to where we finally have started to let that go. We, we are finally letting it go. And weave gives us so many different looks. So many.
1: Mm-hmm. I've seen even with my own um, little sister, um, she's about 22 right now. And when it's time for her to get her hair done, she's not into wearing the real like braids or corn rolls. She's into like the, the straight up, like, we bundles and it's like for the length, they um it gets higher by the length, and then my parents they have to buy like the bundles, and then it's usually like maybe I think like three bundles, and it's like six hundred dollars just for hair. And then you still have to get the person to braid it and down install. and then install it. So it's roughly about eight hundred dollars to get my little sister's hair done, and and she constantly, you know, she's super supportive. Love you because I'm sure she's out there listening, but she never repeats the same hairstyle, and she's grown accustomed to doing that since high school. And my mom, she's always she's like backed her up with it, so it's super expensive. That's like rent and half a car note.
4: <laughs> but ahead. So, but so the the issue, Tariko, is why is it so important to get an eight hundred dollar hairstyle every two weeks? And and that's that's what we have to kind of get to the bottom of within ourselves. Like for even for me, like okay. I used to be in in that in that light, where okay, you know what, I need to get, I have to get it. Not need to, but I have to get it. So now to where, okay, Kyla, you got to take a step back. As as we've mentioned, there are bills. You you're an adult now, so maybe we can just take care of our natural hair. We still relax it. We still go to the salon and get it done. But maybe we'll just relax it and put the ponytail on. Um, and, and put a bun on. Maybe we'll just do something that we can actually maintain ourselves so where it won't cost as much because we are benefiting others with paying $800 every two weeks for hair. is not benefiting us at all. We just look nice at the time.
3: Evan, you weeks. want to say something? Well, yeah, I was going to say that... Um... I don't so much know if it. Um, well, I'm sure it contributes, but I don't think that the the majority of, or, or the whole of um, us contributing to that uh, multi-billion, however much money it is, that that industry. I don't think it so much has to do with the way that we view ourselves. I like. Um, I think Janae was touching on earlier. A uh, black hair can do a lot of things, and it's fine for us to do a lot of things with our hair. So whether that means kind of spending money on these things that you can buy that then that then so be it i just think that um when it comes to i guess black people over indexing in that particular industry the uh, the hair care market um I, my frustration more comes from the fact that that money is not coming back into our communities the, the communities of the people who are spending the money so um that that's that's really my ultimate gripe uh, about the whole thing i I don't have any qualms about a woman wanting to relax her hair get the bundles for eight nine hundred dollars but could that eight nine hundred dollars go to you know the african-american woman who may be raising her family whether it be with or without a husband can can she get some of that money that that's my whole thing about
1: it i definitely think um that's a great point too evan someone who's who's a more culturally sound or or someone who can uh, wants to be of help in the community i definitely think that could be like a standpoint but a lot of times a lot of people they're caught up in their own paradigm of thinking so it takes more um nurturing more being like out there getting around people and having these diverse conversations to bring awareness to things like that so that's definitely much needed so thank you so much for that evan so i have another small video i Want to show what's actually happening in Florida, what's actually happening in Florida, and some moves that they're actually trying to make to um, get away from these types of bans in schools and workplaces. So, we're actually going to roll that really quickly. It's about two minutes at the most, I think, if not.
5: At Cheryl Couture Salon, Ashley is getting her hair styled and braids. It's a look she's proud of part of her heritage come from um trinidadian descent as well and so i have a mixed texture up here some days it's curly some days it's straight you know it does what it wants to do but i embrace it but for many black and african-american people natural hairstyles can bring discrimination in Apopka, last year, Clinton Jr. could not attend his first day of school at a Christian academy, turned away at the door because he wears dreadlocks. Wow. I can't plait it up. Can I braid it up? In New Jersey, a wrestler was forced to cut his dreadlocks or forfeit the match.
1: The Florida Crown Act <clears throat> is an essential part of a national movement to acknowledge the cultural and social
0: manifestations of racial identity.
5: On Friday, State Senator Randolph Bracey announced he's tackling the national problem by proposing a new bill in Florida called the Crown Act. It would ban discrimination based on natural hairstyles, braids, locks, twists, hairstyles that are commonly worn by people of color. We want everyone to see us the way that we are, the qualities that we bring to the table, the professions that we're able to execute with excellence. Don't judge us. Now this is not a done deal. The Senator has to propose this bill and he'll do that in the next session in January. In Orange County, Michelle Meredith, West 2 News.
1: All right, so we saw there in the video there was the one little kid. He was um, trying to go to his first day of school there. There was another young gentleman. The young gentleman, he was uh wrestling. That was something that I personally did. Um so yeah, cool. Hello, so okay. flashback. Um but anyway, um the gentleman there, they stopped the match. And if you could see they were cutting his hair, the lady was cutting his dreadlocks off on the side of the mat because they wouldn't let him compete because he had the um, natural hair. So Keeping that in mind, what do we feel are some of the long-term effects of these types of things?
3: The long-term effects of
1: um, discrimination when it comes to hair or being told that you can't go to school with these locks um, for your first day, or you've been wrestling for the past three, four years, you get to your state match. And this this may be the one pivotal match that takes your career in wrestling to the next stage you're told you have to step off the mat. Someone's going to cut your hair off with scissors right then. What do you think these types of things do or the long-term effects of things like this?
3: Well, I mean, just think about the long-term effects of what you said specifically. I mean, uh, with regard to like an event like that uh, being the difference between you, your, your life going one way and the other. Uh, something like that, uh, of course, can be it can affect you where you might not meet the love of your life, have the family that you were supposed to have. It may affect you getting the education that you were supposed to have, which in itself kind of um, leads itself to contributing to generational poverty. So, I mean, it's it's really a litany of things that you can that kind of stem off. But I mean, all of that it just kind of leads to just a lack of resources in certain communities. It leads to, I mean ultimately that that can, in a lot of cases it leads to lead to death. Um I, frankly, murder, um, just that way of thinking can lead to murder, uh, su- somebody's suicide, um, and and uh, just a lack of resources can can lead to death. So um yeah, it, it's a it's kind of like a multi tentacled monster that you're kind of dealing with when it comes to that and where it can lead to.
4: Yeah, I come from like a more of a mental health background. I'm so big I'm on my on, on the mental health part and, and I just feel like that is that is the the future is just kind of like in kind of like erasing like the culture of people erasing like um, like this is how people like to wear their hair how can you make me judge between the wrestling match and my hair that's not okay how can I uh, have to choose between going to school for the first day I get all amped up my brothers are and sisters are going to school and I get to my first day of school. And I can't start because my hair. That like what does that have to do? What does that do to a person's self esteem? What does that do to a person's like anything? Like that that that's crazy to me. So I am I, I I'm with you, Evan. It can lead to a multitude of things and it could just leave you in a place to where you don't feel like you're good enough. You don't feel like, you know, you just don't feel. Right. And I think a lot of times, even when we have our, it, it'll, it'll get us to a place where when we are asked as black individuals or, or color people of color, we're asked, how do we feel about something? And we go completely numb. That is the future of it for me. When I'm asked how I feel about an, an issue, I don't even know because I don't know what's good, what I can say, what I can't say. Right. I don't know. any. So it, all of that leads to where we are as a, as a community right now with our mouths closed and afraid to say anything.
1: So. I think sometimes too, as people of color, when we go into certain places that weren't typically made for us, a lot of times we um, are afraid to address that uh, elephant that's there. We're afraid to speak out, especially when things make us uncomfortable or we feel that uh, this there's, Definitely something wrong with what's going on, but I don't want to rock the boat either way. So I'm going to be quiet. So mm-hmm. I definitely can agree with that. Kyla, did you have something you want to add, Janae?
2: No, I just I agree with all of you. But I, I think it's one of those things where um, when you tell someone that they can't play a sport that they love and they are great at because of how their hair looks, it, it all stems back to who, who you are is not good enough. Right, Who you are by nature is not good enough because for me, it's I'm, a, I'm very bubbly, I'm very personable, I like to have conversations, with people. I like to, to talk and chit chat and those things, but you suppress people's energy, who, their spirit, who they are by telling them just your hair, who you are in general is not good enough. So I think it's one of those things that we're, we're going to have to continue to fight. In those settings, in the school settings, in the workplace settings, because it's not a crime to be me, and you're not gonna keep hindering me by me being my authentic self.
1: It definitely picks on your a mental health state. And that's something Kyla brought up, and it kind of what, uh, what Evan was saying, it segue into that. You know, uh, mental health is super important. As people of color, I know growing up, that wasn't something we discussed or something that we talked about. When things like this, they have happened, or, 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 or um, say, Janae, someone's touching your hair or feeling with your hair, or if your children came home and they're saying, Mom, my skin's not pretty. They told me brown isn't pretty or my hair's too curly. Growing up like that, it begins to mess with your mental health, your way of thinking, your way of being. Um, so to me, and our community mental health is never discussed or talked or talked about. With traumatic things happening like this, with the ridings and our social climate right now, and what's going on, that like weighs a big uh, toll or takes a big toll on your mental health. Why do you all feel that like mental health is something in our community that we don't discuss or talk about?
4: Well, I, I think, um, and I'll just go first. I just feel like it's, it's a matter of being told to shut up for so long. To where you just kind of shut up and shut things in, and I and and that is that is the reason why it is important for me to become a licensed um, therapist because it's so many people that that want to talk and we do it we we talk to each other at times but we will never seek professional help and that is what is concerning to me that is why you have so many people riding the wrong way or or damaging things that and not doing peaceful you know marches and things because people are tired people are frustrated people and and and, you know thank you tariko for bringing this platform because it may sound something as simple as i am not my hair which is in itself still very complex but that small piece can kind of translate into many different things and it's just it just builds and builds and builds and if I have to shut up about you touching my hair, I gotta shut up about what I'm able to say. I gotta shut up about what I'm able to feel. So why do I need to go see somebody else to talk about my mental health when I've had to shut up for this long anyway?
1: I know growing up Kyla, um, in my family, we never talked about therapists or health or psychologists. Um, if you brought up those types of things, you were kind of wounded as crazy. Even if you just uh, were like, well, I'm gonna need to go talk to somebody. A lot of times they, revert back to church and pastors and things like that. And that might not be the right person that can really um, guide you or even um, life coaches. Now they have life coaches that are doing now but there was never something that was told that's okay to go talk to a life coach or a It's like, pray about it, go to God, seek God, you know, when <laughs> it came to certain things like that. Well, well was was the, the preacher
4: could have been the therapist, but we have to find ways, different ways of looking at, what mental health treatment looks like so say for instance if you now nowadays if you are friends with someone instead of saying go talk to a pastor you can say go talk go find a therapist it's okay or if you're having a conversation with a friend and it gets a little bit too deep for you you know what friend i have a good person have you tried talking to a therapist it could really make a big difference we have to encourage ourselves and if we're if we've come a long way with the way we treat our hairstyles we can definitely come a long way in how we seek professional health mental health
2: and um i think that is really
3: um i think to an extent it has to do with the fact that um even considering some type of mental um mental health is um is a sign of weakness, honestly. And, you know, as an African-American um, man or woman, honestly, you are supposed to be strong. So um, I think that it, it, it's, a, it's a multitude of reasons, but I think that is the, the uh, biggest contributor to all of it. Uh, it. Another thing is that the fact that um, if therapy is expensive um, to an extent, if you don't have insurance or what have you. But not only is it expensive, it's ongoing. Mental health is something that needs to be maintained. And just the idea of, oh, I have to get help and how I'm going to pay for it and how I'm going to keep paying for it, I'd rather just deal with it we have we always dealt with it, which is by just pushing all the sadness down and trying to continue forward in the world the best way that you can. Uh, um, and, and just the fact that uh, in the back community, just the thought of having um um just the thought of wanting to go to a therapist uh, again it's seen as a side of weakness but that in itself going to a therapist is is really maintaining your mental health you don't have right. to be in a position to where you are down trying to go to the therapist you can go to the therapist to continue to be happy um that but again just it comes down to a lot of different things but um but you can you can really just take take your pick where you think it comes from, mm-hmm. but it's a multitude of things. Mm-hmm. So,
1: what do you think? What is just, the, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Janae. Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: I think the stigma in the black community with therapy and mental health um, services yeah. stems from that you keep it in your household, right? We've been told all the time, you don't tell your business, you don't tell your family's business, that stays in the house. Whatever happens in the house stays in the house. So I think it's one of those things where it's, be, it's seen as you are telling your secrets, right? No matter that you need the help then no matter that you need someone to talk to outside of your immediate family, outside of your church family, it's one of those things where it's like you keep it in home. So I think that is where a lot of the stigma happens in the Black community, and we need to change that yes. because there are people out here suffering.
4: Yes. So, so my so next do you question these conversations that we need to have, Janae. Like I, I think, like I don't, I don't have children, but if I, I don't have biological children, but if I did, I would definitely promote. Okay, if I can't help, please seek the help somewhere else. And I don't know if that's just because I have a, a my mind is fixed on mental health. Um, but I just I, I I can't see us moving forward, and we not getting that type of help or treatment.
3: And if I could just put a I little voice on that thing. I'm sorry. Go, ahead,
2: Jen. go ahead. Go, go ahead. Go ahead, Um,
3: I, I was just going to say that. Um, in addition, Jenette, you made me think of this. Um, for those individuals who may even want to go outside to um outside of the home to. Uh, see some type of therapy. A lot of the reason why people still don't seek it is because that we don't see ourselves in the therapy. So we ultimately, a lot of times are in a position to where we have to go to somebody who does not look like us that we do not trust. And that can uh, again, be a contributing factor to, to why we just don't seek help um, or why we can't find help even when we try to seek it. So.
4: But I, I think that's I agree, a matter- I agree of... with you. Go ahead, Janay.
2: I agree with both what you and uh, Evan said, Kyla. It is one of those things where it's like, we don't see us, so we don't seek the help. But also, as children, we're told, shut up, stay in a child's place. Stay out of grown folks' business. You do what I say because I said so, no matter what your feelings are. And for me, as a mother of two young Black women who have to grow up in this world where they're automatically seen as a threat or oppressed from day one, my thing is you're a person before you're a child. So I want to hear your thoughts. You have to do you have to follow rules that's point blank period you have to follow rules but you have thoughts you have feelings as a person so you have to be able to have an outlet and if mommy is not who you can talk to tell me what you need yeah. what i can find for you to go out and make sure that anything you can't talk about you can talk about it and you can get those feelings out
1: okay right, one, one, second, to... one second kyla, kyla. One second. I think you're about to hit on this. So
4: no, no when- I'm not because I'm talking about my position with Metro and how we have to have our clients see behavioral health therapists before they transition. So I speak to families all the time that now this is becoming like a new thing. Like, what do I have to do with my child? I don't understand them being trans. I don't understand what they're going through. So how can I help? And with Metro, we require them to be in behavioral health before they actually see the medical providers to transition. So, Hopefully with that, behavioral health can become a new norm and it can be accepted in all communities, not just the Black community. But go ahead, Tariqo, sorry. What I was
1: gonna say is, that's a good point, Kyla. Um, Also for everyone that's out there listening, plug for um, someone that is trying to seek help and um, you don't know where to actually start, uh, we actually offer behavioral health here at Metro. So that is a service that we actually offer. I wanted to actually ask because y'all all three all kind of touched on something. So, what can we do to combat those stigmas in our Black community? What can we do to combat those stigmas when it comes to mental health or seeking mental health?
2: Normalize it, promote healthy conversations, promoting that it's okay to not to be okay and it's okay to talk about that you know what i mean it's not seen like kyla said normalize it it's not seen as something that's weird or something that's so far off for you to talk about your issues whatever they may be we have to have healthy conversations as a black community we're so used to people telling us how to be what we should do where we should go how we should speak that we have to take back that ownership of our own mental health and i think that's one of the first steps we take
4: and if we're if we're concerned about seeing ourselves as therapists i am a like i am trying my best i'm trying to work it out right now because i want to be on that behavioral health team in the next year maybe year or two um but i want to be that example because evan you were right when i first started at Metro, I didn't see the therapist that looked like me. Now, that's different. Metro has so many different faces of therapy. There's so many different... There's 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 all kind of therapists at Metro right now at the moment, and I want to just do my part and contribute to that. I want to be a mental health therapist to be able to help whomever I come in contact with to strengthen that part of themselves.
2: There's also all types of forums to find Black therapists black yes. Blackgirltherapy.com is the biggest one for black women. They go on in your city and they find black therapists for you to see. I am an advocate for therapy. I need to be therapized. This yes. head needs work. Okay. And I enjoy talking to <laughs> black women about my issues. So there are so many forums for you to go on and find help. It what doesn't the name have of that to forum, be. Name? It's called black uh, therapy for black girls. And it's a website, therapyforblackgirls.com. Therapy for and you go on, you put in your city, your zip code, and they send you a list of Black therapists in your area. You can even filter it by insurance, self-pay. There's so many ways for you to get the help that you need, whether it's in your immediate city or wherever you're about to move to. If you're getting ready to relocate, you can find the help that you need. And it's not just female therapists. There are Black men therapists on there as well. There are LGBTQ plus therapists that specialize in those services, you just have to go and and do the research. And I know that's hard for some people. They're not all having the same access to services, but if you need the help, it's there for you. Thank
4: you.
1: Thank you so much for that, Janae. So closing out, I have one final question for, for everyone on our panel this evening. Finding our place in spaces that were not always designed for people of color, what advice would you give a young student as well as a business professional learning to navigate through life with many of the challenges that we've actually discussed tonight, hair, mental health, and things like that. What advice would you give that student or that who's looking to get into the business world or um, the workforce with these uh, same type of issues?
3: I'll say uh, the, the biggest thing really, uh, and I'll speak more to the, uh, to the students, uh, business professionals, I'm sure have already faced adversity. So I don't know how much more I can contribute to th- to them, but uh, speaking to the to the children. Um, okay. So I'm in a book club, y'all. I didn't plan this, but I am reading this book right here. It's called uh, All Boys Aren't Blue. Some of you might've seen it. Um, and I actually last night was just reading the chapter, which is kind of contributing to my answer. And it is, you really do have to find community. Um, you really have to find the people who you are able to to honestly love and, commun- uh, and and communicate with, it really does take that uh, love. Like in the book, you'll um, if you read it, you'll notice that the guy has a very close relationship with his grandmother, and it was very intentional the way that she was loving him um, and all of her grandchildren. But it was she was intentional with the way that she loved him because she knew that he would need community when he grew up, and it was very fortunate that he had that. And um, and I know that it's not going to be feasible for a lot of children. Uh, of course, they don't have a lot of resources or uh, they only have what they have but if you can find any type of community and i can literally just start with one person try to find that person and 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 try to ultimately build that community up and, and it's really only going to take uh just loving those individuals and and that love and that um togetherness for lack of a better word is going to make them more comfortable to open up in the future or
4: what have you so it really does start there though I will go next. Um, cause I know gonna, gonna close it down. <laughs> but I would I would um, really, um I would really want anyone to just take a time take a take a time to embrace and love yourself first and foremost. And then if you um and and then focus on your skills and abilities like we like we mentioned earlier. Like just focus on your education and be and being the best you that you can be. Like once you have insight on something you can see things from a totally different perspective, and that will change a lot of things for you. And you're able to kind of combat those things when you're faced with hard decisions when it comes to your hair or your or your wrestling match. If you just kind of stay focused with your goals and just learn as much as you can possibly learn and just love yourself the, the best that you can possibly do, like that would be like the, the best thing for me because I, that's what got me through. Which is, and if we want to add a little faith in there, a little religious, do what you got to do and to to kind of get by
2: and love yourself and uh, for me it is be yourself do whatever you need to do for you you have skills you have talents do your research educate yourself whether it's through traditional education college or anything like that it doesn't have to be if you have a skill set that works do your research, be who you are. And when you have the invite into those spaces, bring in the people that you need to bring in. We all have to be a community. We all don't get the opportunity to have these forums where we can talk openly, but we all should. If I eat, you eat, right? If you and I are together and we have common goals and we have commonalities that bring us together, we should all I'm gonna bring up your name in the spaces if I'm invited. I'm gonna say your name so that it's heard because you are just as skilled, just as talented as myself. Be, be who you are, authentically you, un- unapologetically you. Don't, don't apologize for being yourself. Always have some type of professionalism, some type of decorum about yourself, but do your research and be yourself. That is all you can do and also uplift your community.
4: Yeah. Straight from my mama.
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you all so much for everything that's been shared. And thank you for coming onto this platform with me to everyone out there that's listening. We hope that tonight that something that we've discussed, something that we brought to the forefront has actually ignited something in you or there's been a seed that's been planted for those business professionals. There's a lot of people that have been um fighting this fight recently going on that have been, um, who felt that they've been discriminated from um, job opportunities, because you all have the skills that you have the ability, but you feel that you've been um, discriminated against due to hair or due to the color of your skin. I just want to, um, beseech you to keep fighting the fight keep being encouraged Mm -hmm. um for those people as kyla said that are spiritual keep your faith base intact um start with conversations i'm so thankful for metro for giving me this platform to actually bring these type of conversations to the forefront and us being able to have business professionals and mothers and uh future therapists and navigators who can um Bring their walks of life to this actual platform and help us share and come together to work to find solutions for these types of problems, whether it's mental health or um, just stigma relating to people of color. So thank you. Also, to keep our virtual program going, there is a banner that's rolling across the screen. If you feel you would want to donate, please text to Metro four slash three two one. It's on the bottom and it's rolling. We will be here again next month. Also remember Metro Inclusive Health, if you are looking for uh, behavioral health, we do have a behavioral health uh, department. So please feel free to hit us up, go to our website, MetroTampaBay.org. We have plenty of information there. Janae, give us that plug one one more time for that particular resource that you had, if you don't mind before we close out.
2: Yes, yeah, so if you're looking for therapy sur- services in your area, The website is therapyforblackgirls.com. They also have a wonderful podcast by a licensed therapist. Um, It is a great resource for you. Check it out. I use it. I have used it. I love it. My therapist is amazing. And Uh, she looks like me.
4: (laughs) (laughs) What does her hair look like?
1: (laughs) Well, thank you all so much. It has been a pleasure. Everyone, thank you for supporting Movement of Color. Look for us in the future. You will see us on all of Metro Inclusive Health streaming platforms. MetroInclusiveHealth.org is our website. Until next month, thank you, everyone. Be safe and see you again. To Inclusivity and Beyond.
0: You've been listening to Inclusivity and Beyond. With Metro Inclusive Health, subjects that impact the health and wellness of our community. Want to hear us cover a subject in the future? Email us at LGBTQ at MetroTampaBay.org. For sponsorship information, contact James K at MetroTampaBay.org.